Hey everybody and welcome to Growth Week. My name is Justin Doro. I'm a certified John Maxwell Leadership Coach as well as a lead pastor here at Word of Truth Ministry. This month we are talking all about the Christ-like swag. We are trying to discover what it really means to put on Christ. And my wife, Reddy, is in the studio with me to help me to convey this all too important message to you. Hey, Reddy, how are you doing and how are you feeling about this conversation so far? Hi, everybody. It's so good to have you guys tuning in again as we talk about putting on Christ. This has been a very interesting subject because most times we are mindful of what we're wearing on the outside and we're not mindful of what we're wearing on the inside. So the whole thing of putting on Christ is reference to who you are on the inside. So on Monday, we asked the famous or infamous question on the runway, which says, who are you wearing? And then on Tuesday, we were talking about keeping your pants on. And yesterday, we said, don't wear yourself out with greed. So if you have missed any of the previous sessions, I really want to encourage you to catch yourself up because you will not be disappointed. So Pastor Justin, what are we talking about today? Yeah, so today we are going to be talking about the fitting attitude. And again, we are using that word fitting to remain relevant to our analogy of putting on Christ. So this fitting attitude we are about to talk about is the attitude that best fits a Christian. And we want to challenge you to seriously give yourself an attitude check. Ready? Haven't you noticed that almost every major uh, clothing shop, they always have a fitting room. And I know that as a woman, you have used many of these in the past. So how important is a fitting room to you when you're buying an outfit? Yes, and right back at you, Pastor Justin. I know you've used fitting rooms, but I know it's mainly women that love to to have fitting rooms. So we all use the fitting room when we go into a shop because when you are going to buy an outfit, you are looking for that perfect fit. You know, sometimes you see an outfit on the hanger and it looks beautiful and it looks amazing, but if it doesn't fit you well, your whole attitude towards that outfit will change. And I've been through that, especially with online shopping, where you see mm-hmm. something and you can't try it because it's online and you get excited, but when it comes, you try it on and it doesn't look great. So if somebody buys you a dress that doesn't sit well on you, you You cannot wear it with confidence because you know that it does not look right. We know that within the fashion industry, they speak of the attitude attire. Every attire gives off a specific attitude. So like we said earlier in the week, the clothes you wear often reveal the kind of person that you are. And so, for example, if you're going for an interview, you have to dress according to the position you're applying for because way before you even open your mouth to answer the questions, the recruiter or the interviewer will have already judged you on the basis of your attire. So I know that it's harsh, but it's the reality. First impressions always count for most for a lot of things and so if you're trying to cultivate an executive presence in a formal industry you have to dress the part and you have to wear what looks executive like a suit for an example and then the same thing goes with your hair and with your makeup because they project a particular image so if you want to put your best foot forward you must make sure that your whole look is projecting that Um, image that you want people to have. So at the end of the day, you have to wear something you feel good in. 
well said babes a perfect fit can define exactly how you feel about a particular piece of clothing and also it defines your exact mood when you are wearing it there's this old adage that says that dress the way that you want to be addressed which is really important so if you uh, want to be addressed respectfully uh, the other day we were talking about James Bond and you say that when when somebody comes with a, a James Bond look they look executive and so Obviously, you're going to address them as an executive and you're going to call them say just because of the way they are dressing. So when it comes to Christ, like you said in our introduction, putting on Christ is not something that we do on the outside, but on the inside. So it's not the attire that counts, but it is the attitude that you have when you are wearing that attire. You know, the Bible says man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the condition of the heart, which means it's the attitude of your heart that God is more concerned of than the garment that you're putting on the outside. The Bible also says that in the last days, people are going to have a form of godliness and yet they will deny the power of. In other words, they, they're going to be wearing the Christ-like brand. But when you really come close to them and you look at their lives, they are just going to be a hypocrite, as Jesus says. They are whitewashed tombs. So, yeah, we need to be very careful that we're not just putting on Christ so that people can see that we, we are Christians. But it is something that is really inside our hearts. Yeah, and you know, talking about the whole thing of having a certain attire on the outside, but inside you are completely different. Jesus called it hypocrisy, and he called such people wolves in sheep clothing. Mm. So we have seen it many times, especially in the Christian arena, that people will have a form of godliness. They look a certain way, and you think they're Christian, you trust them, you go all out in relationship with them, only to get bitten at the end of the day. Because the reason why wolves would wear sheep's clothing and be among the sheep is because they want to devour them at the end of the day. So they want to gain their trust by looking like them. So if a wolf comes dressed like a sheep, the sheep are not going to run away. They're going to think you are my friend and we're going to get close. So you allow them in and once they're in once they've got you in a corner they are going to destroy you so we need to be very careful and be aware of what we are wearing that what we are wearing on the outside truly is who we are on the inside so good babes even that phrase put on we also use it to refer to things that are fake you know when we say oh that's just such a put on and so when paul is saying put on christ he's not talking about just making him a put on on the outside otherwise we become hypocrites we just pretending and like i said in the last days we're going to see more and more people going around professing to be christians they will carry the bible they will wear their sunday best to church but it's only uh, put on. So we have to make sure that our attitude matches the attitude that was really in Christ. If you go back to the Old Testament and you think of, you know, the priests, the Bible speaks of the priests having to wear certain garments, but God didn't place the emphasis on the garments, but rather on the condition of their hearts, the things that they needed to do inside to make sure that their attitudes would fit or would match the holy garments that they were wearing. So what is happening in your heart right now, the attitude of your heart is extremely important. You know, sometimes we want to 
put on these priestly garments. We want to put on these kingly garments. We want to put on the suit. And we think, oh, just because I'm putting on a suit, I'm now a gentleman. But the truth of the matter is, it's not the suit that makes you a gentleman. It's the attitude of your heart that will make you a true gentleman. It was at the house the other day, babes. We said ladies first. And then the guys were complaining. Then one of the guys, Nathan, said to me, but Pastor Jay, are we really gentlemen if we are complaining about ladies going first? Because it's not the act of doing something. It's the attitude in which we do it that makes us true gentlemen. So even if the ladies were to take the whole day, a true gentleman would not complain and would say nothing about it because the attitude of the, of the heart is right. Mm, that is so true. Because especially nowadays, we find people challenging tradition simply because they've got a stinking attitude towards it and mm. they want to be selfish in the, in the moment. So the whole thing with attitude determines how you do certain things and attitude is required when you are wearing the Christ brand, mm. the right attitude that is. And it reminds me of the movie that we watched called um, Phantom yeah, Phantom Thread mm. where they go to repossess a dress that they'd given to a particular woman and she was drunk and she was behaving in a manner that was unbecoming. And they felt that their dresses, their garments represented a certain class and a certain way of behaving and she was the opposite of that mm. and they did not want the wrong person to be in their clothing because that would give them a bad name at the end of the day and they went to take it back so as christians we need to represent the christ brand well yeah. just because god is gracious with us and he does not strip us naked like what that couple did it doesn't mean that he's happy with the way we are operating he's happy with our attitude so we need to make sure that who we say we are is what people see at the end of the day another reason why you we find fitting rooms in, in a shop is because the designers know that you can't get a perfect fit by trying your new clothes on top of the old ones. So the mm. old clothes have to come off and then you can put on the new clothes. And we find this depicted very well in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22 to 24. And in the Amplified Bible, it says this, strip yourselves of your former nature, which means that you put off and discard your old unrenewed self, mm. which characterized your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through lusts and desires that spring from delusion and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, which means that you have a fresh mental and spiritual attitude and put on the new nature, which is the regenerate self created in God's image, which is godlike in true righteousness and holiness. So good. Um, you know, I love that word delusions that you <laughs> that you read there because delusions are defined as fixed or false beliefs that conflict with reality. And many of us profess to be Christians, but we have these strange belief systems and we have these uh, delusions that are constantly challenging the reality of who we are in Jesus Christ. So we have to put off this uh, old nature with all its delusions so that we can effectively put on Christ. And this is an ongoing process, ready. It just doesn't happen once off. It is a daily thing. Every day your mind has to be renewed. And I, I love this idea that Paul says we have to do this by renewing our mental attitudes or our spiritual attitudes as well. So as we talk about the fitting attitude, it's trying to renew your old carnal attitudes and replacing them with the attitude 
of Christ. So if you are not willing to strip yourself of your old carnal attitudes, you, you then become a carnal Christian. I think this is uh, one of the biggest problems that Paul had with the church in Corinth because these guys were genuinely saved. They loved Jesus, but they did not renew their, their minds. They did not strip themselves of their old carnal nature. So Paul called them carnal Christians. They were saved, but they were behaving like those who uh, those people who are not saved. Let's talk a little bit about this because this is what we are beginning to see in the church today. So many people professing to be Christians and yet their attitude is still carnal. Mm. And more so for us as pastors because you deal with people on a, a closer range than people that are on the outside. And you see a lot of the carnality that is in people nowadays. And that word carnal Christian, I mean, that term is actually an oxymoron because Paul used two words that should not go together to describe the Corinthian church. Mm. In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1, he says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. So he calls them brethren on the one side, and then on the other side, he calls them he calls them carnal. So this is like sweet and sour being mixed together, oil and water coming together. These two words should not mix, but sadly, because some of these Christians didn't understand the importance of getting rid of their carnal attitudes, Paul had to use them together and yet to call them carnal Christians. So if you are wearing the Christ brand, you have to be a good ambassador. But Mm. if you are a carnal Christian, it means that you are not a good ambassador of the brand of Christ that you are wearing. And the thing also is that when you are a carnal Christian, you will not grow and you will not mature in any way. You will always remain a baby in Christ. Sure. I like that. Paul says, I could not call you spiritual because you were still carnal and you were still babes in Christ. And if that's not a good reason for people to just grow up and get rid of the carnal attitudes, I don't know what will be a good reason because you are not going to mature unless you put away your carnal behavior. I think it is the Amplified that uses the term mere man. He says you were just like mere man, which means that when you when you refuse to strip yourself of these carnal attitudes, you are controlled or you are ruled by the flesh. You you find that the lust of this world, the things of the of the world will always appeal to you. So, if a person is a carnal or fleshy believer, he is acting like a person that is controlled by your basic instincts and it brings this idea of the law of the jungle, survival of the fittest. And we can see this in church. People that are still carnal, they are always fighting over petty things. They've got an attitude of an orphan. They're saying, I I need to fight for survival. And they are behaving as animals, being controlled by basic instincts. And in Galatians 5 and verse 15, Paul writes about this and he says, If you bite and devour one another, take heed that you do not consume one another. So carnal attitude is attached to animal-like behavior. Yeah, that is that is so true, Pastor Jay. And in Galatians chapter 5 that you quoted, verse 19 to 21, just want to read it out so that people fully understand the potency of this. Paul says in verse 19, the behavior of the self-life is obvious. Sexual immorality, which we covered in the beginning of the podcast, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred for those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, 
murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? And we find this a lot. We go, oh, I'm free to do this. Oh, it's my right. It's my yeah. this. And we are using the rights and the freedoms for the wrong reasons. And as long as we are doing that, we must never think that God is mocked. You will reap what you sow. And Paul makes it very clear here that you will not inherit the kingdom of God. So good. So from the list of those attitudes that you kind of read or the works of the flesh as the Bible puts them, if you are listening to us and these things are in your life, there is still a carnal aspect that you need to remove so that you can effectively put on Christ. And I like what he says in the end. He says such people or people that practice these things will not inherit the, the kingdom of God. So you can miss or lose your inheritance in Christ simply because you have refused to get rid of these carnal attitudes. So Paul goes on to give us a clear understanding of how we can effectively put off self in order to put on the exact same attitude that Jesus Christ had. And though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling on to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death. And like we said, this is how you can effectively put on the exact same uh, attitudes that were in Jesus Christ. So the first thing that you need to do if you want to have the same attitude that was in Christ is you need to develop what we call in the nameless attitude. The Bible says Jesus, even though he was God, he had the divine name. But the Bible says he did not consider his equality to God as something to cling on to. So Jesus was willing to let go of this divine name so that he can become nameless. He came and he says, I'm not going to hold on to Yahweh. I'm not going to hold on to this divine name that I have. And the problem that we have in the church reads is that so many people want to put on Christ, but they want to hold on to their own reputation their own names. They, they want to build a name for themselves. They're going around trying to make it all about themselves. And Paul says, we need to come to a place where it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. So you and I have to die to self. We have to get rid of our own names, willing to become nameless. It doesn't matter what people say about us. It doesn't matter who, what they call us. You know, the world is so big at calling people names. They will give you a name just to break you down. You know, you are this, you are that. They will name you so as to break you down. But when you have this nameless attitude, it doesn't matter what they call you, whether they recognize who you are or they don't, it really doesn't matter because you've already given up your own name to be a good ambassador of the Christ brand as we've been calling it. So John the Baptist best depicts what I'm talking about. He said, Jesus must increase and I must decrease. And that's the attitude that we need to have if we want to be exactly like Christ, more of him and less of us. Yeah, and the second one is the selfless attitude. You know, it's it's one thing to be nameless, and we know that that's a big thing because we live in a world that is full of titles, and we believe that our title 
gives us our identity. So the minute you strip away my title, you have dehumanized me and so forth and so on. So it's not just the nameless aspect that is important, but it's also understanding that you become selfless. Even though we live in a selfish world where we do things for selfish reasons, you need to understand that as an ambassador of the Christ brand, you have to wear the selfless attitude together with the nameless attitude. The Bible says Jesus did not cling to his divine name. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. You must ask yourself, are you willing to give up all your previous privileges in order to fully put on Christ? And that is not an an easy thing at all mm. because once we have privileges we want to hold on to them we want to ride on to them because they make us comfortable and they make us feel honored but if it means that you're going to lose some of your worldly privileges are you still going to do it because we think we're going to put on Christ and still carry on with our privileges that we had before Jesus must just you know rubber stamp it and I keep on going but in most cases you want us to lay it all down yeah I like what you said about giving up your previous privileges or your worldly privileges because there are some parties that people will not invite you to just because now you are really wearing the Christ-like brand. If you find that you call yourself a Christian and they inviting you to like a really wicked, wild party, they know that you are going to compromise at some stage and you're going to fit in. But when you are willing to become selfless, you will let go of those privileges. Number three, I call it the harmless attitude. Remember we said the carnal nature uses the law of the jungle where you're fighting for survival. You've got all this, uh, you're always trying to defend yourself. You're always trying to get the advantage you are looking after self. But Christ had this harmless attitude. It carries this idea that wherever Jesus was, he was not trying to hurt anyone. Isn't it strange that we have some Christians that will intentionally do something to harm someone? Like they, they say something that is malicious because they want to cause pain. And, and that's not the attitude of Christ. So Christ had this harmless attitude. The Bible says Jesus became obedient to the point of death. And the idea that that scripture carries is this. I think it's in Hebrews that it says that he was led like a sheep to the slaughter. So he wasn't fighting. He was harmless. A sheep is harmless. Being led like a sheep to the slaughter, not kicking, not fighting, means that I'm not willing to harm anyone. You know, when they were hurting him, when they were, you know, whipping him, and they were piercing him, he could have used his power to harm them. But he he did not because he had this harmless attitude. In fact, the Bible says of, um, of the commission that Jesus gave us, he says, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. In other words, it's like, I'm telling you, it's gonna be dangerous out there. Why didn't he send us as lions? Like, I want you to go out there and just roar and everybody will be afraid of you. He says, I want you to have this harmless attitude that when you are dealing with people, you are not intentionally trying to harm anyone. That is, that is so true. And it just um, aligns to the whole nature of love, you know, that love does not harm. And if we just understand that we want people to treat us the way we treat them or do unto others as they do unto you, it may, gives us an attitude adjustment, if we can put it like that. All right, so the fourth one is the prideless attitude. And this one is the last of the four key attitudes that we find in Christ. We already touched on this, but it's worth repeating because like I said last time, that pride is like this blanket that is just over the atmosphere and it will wrap itself around anyone who gives 
gives it the time of day. The portion of scripture that you read, Pastor Jay, in Philippians, it shows that Jesus humbled himself. And the minute we put on that prideless attitude, it allows us to learn the ways of Christ. If you are not humble, it means you do not have a teachable spirit and therefore you will not learn anything at all. And if you only get the first three that we mentioned right, chances are you are going to become prideful and arrogant. So you cannot get the first three and not have this fourth one because this one is like the one that binds them together. The prideless attitude, being humble. When you are wearing the Christ brand, you have to be prideless. You have to be willing to learn obedience and unafraid to acknowledge when, you, when you're wrong. Many people have a problem saying sorry. Many people have got a problem acknowledging their faults. So we try to just brush them over because it means we are becoming vulnerable. Humility and vulnerability walk together. And the minute you put on humility, you are putting on the nature of Christ and you become pliable in the hands of the Lord because he can do anything with you because you're humble. So good. You know what? When you were saying that, I just thought of, you know, the many times that I've worn my suits. Uh, there's something about when you're dressing well, you feel good, you feel confident, but sometimes that confidence can slightly move into pride. Yeah. You suddenly put your hands in your pocket, chest yeah. out. You're like, I, I can feel myself. And, and, and this is why it's important to make sure that we remain uh, humble even as we put on the Christ brand. Well, ready. this has been another fantastic conversation and I thoroughly enjoyed every bit of it. And to our listeners out there, don't just dress the way you want to be addressed. Make sure that your attitude fits your attire. So if you are wearing the Christ brand, make sure that your attitudes are Christ-like. You are representing that brand very well. Remember, I said this earlier. Wearing a suit does not make you a gentleman. It is your attitude that determines if you are a true gentleman. So as a Christian, going to church does not make you a Christian. Calling yourself a Christian does not make you a Christian. It's the attitude of your heart that will determine whether or not you really are a Christian. Well, if you have enjoyed this conversation, go ahead and hit that subscribe button right now so that you will never miss any of our future growth content. Tomorrow we are going to be concluding this month's growth week with our final category of the four things that we said you need to put off in order to effectively put on Christ. So you really don't want to miss out on what's coming tomorrow. Until then, let's keep growing.